Welcome back to the Lawali Life podcast. I'm so excited to have you join me for season two of the podcast. If you haven't tuned in already, I'm your host, Alice Law, and this podcast is based purely around stress and loss, and it's a mixture of conversations with incredible people talking about the greatest stresses and losses they've had to overcome and how they came back from that. Stress and loss is a fate we all share to go through stress and to experience losses. And this podcast aims to open up the conversation around two things that a lot of people either avoid dealing with or avoid talking about. So this is what I want to do, shed a light on them, find out about other people's experiences and how they came back from them and give you inspiration so that you feel like you can get through any challenge of yours. Today's guest is the wonderful Anna Grace Taylor. Anna is a spiritual mentor, she's an angel therapist, she's a healer and an author. She was born 11 weeks prematurely with cerebral palsy and took her first independent steps at the age of six, learning to walk twice more, following major surgery and long-term illness in her teens. Her story is so inspiring and the way she's gone about life, she's such a beacon of light and all her work she does is so fascinating, which is why I wanted to have her as a guest on the podcast and get her to open up your minds to this side of healing and spiritual mentorship and a different realm, as it were. And I hope you enjoy this conversation. Well, today I have the amazing Anna Grace Taylor. I'm so excited to have you on as a guest today, Anna. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you so much, Alice. It's my pleasure. Yeah, I've been really excited about this conversation because, I mean, as you know, I've I've worked with you for quite some years now, just in various sessions. And your type of work, which I'm going to ask you to talk about in a moment, it's it was new to me at the time. And it's something that I think... You know, there's a lot of different sort of energy healing, spiritual work, um, you know, psychics, all these different things. But you're a very specific sort of therapist. So being an angel therapist and a healer, and it's really, it's just a really, really interesting side of it all. So I'd love for you to, first of all, you know, tell us a bit about how you even knew that you had the gifts that you do and how you came on, you know, came to be, you know, what you are now, an angel therapist, a healer, an author. It's just, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, um, I guess even when I was little, I was very, very sensitive. Um, going back right to my birth, I was um, born the day after uh, Archangel Michael's day on the 29th of September. My mum went labour at, at, at 29 weeks and we weren't my twin sister and I were not expected to survive or were told that you know the doctors would do everything we could to save us and so I always look back at it now knowing what I do about angels and Archangel Michael and go like I think he was probably I think he was probably protecting me from the word go um and so yeah, I didn't grow up in a household, though, that talked about any of that. My dad is an atheist. My mum's very open, but we didn't have any sorts of discussions, really. If there was any kind of context for it, I went to a Christian school uh, for some of my primary school years. But it was very kind of a low-key experience in my life. And then uh, as I was growing up as a teenager, my health started to be... Um, quite challenging and then I had surgery to uh, help my disability which is cer- cerebral palsy which affects my legs and at that point um, I didn't want the surgery I didn't <laughs> didn't want to do any of it but um, after the surgery I became really unwell and went on this search for answers uh, to how I could help myself the kinds of things that I could do to pretty much Um, support me in getting my life back together and so at 15 years old I found myself talking to a reflexologist and having Reiki sessions and then a couple of years later going to acupuncture and sitting with a healer talking about synchronicity and energy and spirit and I remember when she spoke to me I was like, oh, right. Yeah. And it was like, I'd always had these conversations. So although, yes, 
I'm not necessarily talking how I spoke then. You know, by the time I was 18 years old, I was having these conversations with people and thinking that it was the most kind of interesting, but also very natural thing to me in the world. And really from then, my curiosity grew and I was like, yeah, I I really want to delve into this. But really still for my own experience, I didn't have any intention of really kind of building a career or anything. And then one night when I was 20 years old, I had um, had a really difficult time emotionally. It was probably one of the hardest times I'd had emotionally. And um, I started to kind of literally ask for help. I was like, you've got, you know, if there's something out, you know, you really have to help me. And um I, I'd actually had a really joyful experience so, uh, that night. I was really happy. I was very, in fact, I think I've told you this before, but I met Robbie Williams. <laughs> I met Robbie Williams and he at the time was like, you know, I just thought he was the best and I loved it. And he was so kind to me and it was really just a lovely day in what had been a horrendous year for me. And so I think that night, as cliche as it sounds, I just went to bed just feeling all really just grateful and hopeful for the first time in such a long time. And suddenly this huge light appeared in my room, uh, like golden, pink, really bright, but so loving and so peaceful that every time I think about it, I still can't really put it into words it was completely indescribable and yet the most memorable thing still that I've ever experienced and that that is when that something like that happens you're like okay like this is a real thing I I'm actually you know I'm not just believing in angels and spirit it's a real thing and so from that moment, I, I was curious even more, like, I'm going to learn more. We didn't have radio shows or podcasts or even, you know, there was no Facebook at the time. Um, and I didn't have any sort of context, really, apart from a couple of the local people that I knew. Um, but within a few months, I found a pack of angel cards and someone would start to talk to me about them. And, and then I found an angel therapy cl- class And I thought I was just going to go and meet some friends and, you know, learn a little bit about how the angels could help me. And I started to do readings and started to understand that the way that I was feeling as a sensitive person was because I was really connected and I've always been really intuitive and that I could walk into a room and feel what someone was feeling. And, you know, when you and I have spoken, um, sometimes you, you, you don't know all the details, but you know how someone feels. And I, I can go right into that place because I, I'm not you, but I feel like I'm you, even if it's for a second. And I've always done that, but I didn't know that that was a thing. <laughs> I, I thought it was just me being a bit crazy. So I started to understand that me feeling different and feeling weird was actually a gift And from that moment, I just thought, okay, I think this is how I'm going to help people. So that whole course that was only six days, although I did extra training after that, that whole course became the foundation of everything that I do now and has given me the life I have, has transformed my health, has helped me to meet some of the most incredible people, have, you know, given me the platform that I have basically because I just have continued to share the angels messages and now I'm talking to you (laughs) (laughs) so so yeah that's the short version but I am always kind of like there's no words for it really I just think you know with every piece of the journey you just think if that hadn't happened then I wouldn't be doing this and if that conversation didn't start there then I wouldn't have had that conversation and and if I hadn't showed up at that particular time I don't even know how you found me or anything Alice but even that you know there's like maybe one person that you know that knows me and then you have a conversation and you go oh I really like this person and they really help me and then that spreads to someone else and 
so yeah it's all completely connected but um I don't really consider the angels my work anymore I see it as they are part of me they're just part of who I am and what I do and the fact that I get to share that energy and get to remind people that that not only that they exist but also that they're so loved and that they are always supported just feels like a big privilege to me yeah it's a big privilege I mean it is so amazing I think what I'd love to know is sort of more about how your personal connection is you know how do you get those messages what is that for you because there's so many different ways obviously with people mm-hmm. with psychics and mediums some some here you have clairsentience clairaudience you know all these different mm-hmm. things which you know for people who don't understand this it's you know whether you can hear or whether you can yeah. um you know feel and all these different things or see as well yeah um, exactly and I think for me um as I described that when I saw that huge light in my room I had never had a seeing experience like that. I'd seen like a tiny little light outside the corner of my eye, which I understand was kind of them kind of nudging me on the shoulder. Um, But, you know, what I really love to teach people, and I really love that you asked that question, is that you don't have to see, you don't have to be clairvoyant. We often think of being psychic and intuitive and connected as, oh, you know, we see loads of pictures and we know what's going to happen in the future. And then we see these huge wings and, oh, and then we know the angels exist and everything is good, right? Well, that's really lovely, but you know, not everyone is going to have those experiences. And I don't, you know, when we talk or I speak to clients, a lot of people will assume that everything that I'm sharing with them is because I see it or I see everything. No, sometimes that that feeling that I said, I, I explained to you as a, as a teenager, I would just walk into a room and feel what that person's feeling. A lot of it is that. In fact, that was, that was a huge reason I became really unwell, I think, is because I was feeling so much that I became a sponge to everyone's stuff. And, you know, particularly at a time right now when everything is really intense and you know we are dealing with a lot of stress personally but also the world is is very intense that is why I think a lot of people are feeling extra overwhelmed because they're not only dealing with their personal experiences they're also a sensitive person feeling a lot of energy and a lot of people that they love's emotions as well. You know, we only have to turn on the news or speak to someone we love in distress. And we know that that kind of can hit us us in the stomach sometimes, right? So uh, for me, a lot of it was that, but I've actually learned to tone that down a bit because it can be a bit, a bit much. And then also I just know, so claircognizance. So as soon as I connect with a person and I, say a prayer or we'll do kind of a, a little moment with some meditation is I will just know okay this is what's coming through and it just comes out of my mouth so quite often it's a combination of all of those sometimes I'll hear um Claire audience but less so compared to the other three um and then quite often I'll get a vision or I'll get a picture of something and then it will be backed up by, oh, this is what I know about this situation, right? Or if I'm using a card to confirm like an oracle card or an angel card, it will be, okay, this is what the card is, but here's what I feel about that situation. And But it's not me, it's just what comes through me at that time. So it's a combination and nowadays... I like to see it as me just tapping into what's what is really there that comes through those different channels but for everyone we have it it's just that we don't always recognize it so we all have a gut instinct we all know when something feels really right doesn't you know we always go like that feels really right in my gut or oh my goodness I really just wanted to get the heck out of there That's the same thing, but we often, when we're asking questions about our own lives or we're saying, oh, angels, please help me, you know, give me guidance. We always go, oh, that's not the same thing, but it is because it's the same voice of love. It's that same confirmation. It's our intuition. It's that um, instinct that we have. That is a major way that they talk to us. So one of my favorite things to do is to really kind of demystify it in a way, because I think uh, some psychics, 
especially kind of the old school it was very much that it was for a chosen few and yeah. that only a few could do this and I have the gift going back seven generations well that can be true and it's beautiful if that's true but it happens to be my belief that we're all connected it's just like everything some of us may feel like we're better listeners uh, or we're just more in tune with it slightly but you know, I've, I've heard people say to me, oh, I don't feel like I'm getting anything or I don't feel that's me. But actually, when you have a conversation with them, they are. They just don't understand it to be that. So, yeah, it can happen in all sorts of ways. But for me, mainly, I just know. And then it kind of comes out of my mouth, as you know. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so, it's such a good thing to say, though, which, you know, I believe that's why we all have intuitive abilities. We all have different you know, abilities that we're willing to either open or not, you know, you can be very just logically shut down and that's fine, you know, in this, in this lifetime, so to speak, but, or you can be open to it and and then more will come up. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if I've told you this, I think I have, I, you know, I saw my dad in my room the night before he passed away and he was in Yorkshire and I was in London. I had to go for one night and I just saw him in my room. And I remember thinking, rolling over and being like, oh, that's probably not a good sign. And then the next day he died. And I know for, for a fact, it was it was a completely real thing. You know, I was awake when I woke up in the night. And, yeah. you know, some people would probably think, oh, Alice, you know, you're no, crazy. You were dreaming. Yeah. But you no. just know. But the thing is, you know, even if you don't want to view it in a sort of spiritual context or like you know that you believe that we all go you know beyond this life energetically we are energy you know so from a science perspective we are energy and so what you're seeing in that moment or what you felt in that moment is your dad's energy going hey like I'm just a bit freer than (laughs) than my body right now and that's that is a real thing so whatever you want to call it how beautiful is it that someone that you're so deeply connected to can also be so there even though it's really really challenging because you probably know that that means perhaps he's not going to be in his body much longer I, I feel like it's it's a reminder of that yeah but even when I'm not in my body I'm still there I'm still with you and how beautiful is that yeah I yeah I believe that and it's amazing amazing thing um before we get on to you know this other a lot of topics I want to talk to you about what would you say to people who are skeptical about your work and just kind of completely shut all this kind of stuff down um I would say that that's totally okay as well like you know, I live with people or I've lived with people that are skeptical and we live in a world that always wants proof, don't we? You know, like show me, like if you really, if you really say that angels exist, then show me. And the thing is, is that I have had those experiences. So I always say to people, I don't just believe that they exist. I know that they do because like you with your dad, it's like that's a real thing. But, you know, I also think that the thing that you could perhaps consider is that like everything, when you haven't experienced something, it doesn't mean that it's not true. It's just that, okay, maybe I want to open my heart and my mind to something different. I'm going to see what happens if perhaps I was to ask for a sign or I'm going to ask for confirmation about something that I'm wondering about, or I'm going to maybe start to listen to my gut a bit more and that intuitive ability, even if I don't want to consider that that has anything to do with angels or spirit, I'm perhaps going to be open to the fact that I'm more than just this body that I have. So you can call it that if you like, or you could call it to me. I often say, we'll just call it your your um you know your higher self or something other than just your body um but honestly I don't get too attached to it to me if it feels loving to someone then you're connecting to the same thing that I do really because it's all love to me um and people in um kind of the I, I, I need you to prove this to me 
it's really often about their own fear a lot of the time because they've seen the movie or they've watched the book or they're terrified about what their grandma used to tell them or something. <laughs> but actually, when you get past that, you know, like if you and I were to meet uh, or had met without any of the conversations that we'd had, you perhaps wouldn't necessarily think that I was a person that was going to talk to you about your angels. I don't know why that would be, but I'm just... To me, I'm just a normal girl who who likes her comforts and does the things that any woman does. But if you want to go deeper, you can. I don't wear like a floaty dress and you know <laughs> carry a carry a crystal ball or you know. And I think a lot of people that I've met met over the years have that preconception. So sometimes I, when people are skeptical, a lot of it comes down to either fear or they are just concerned about other people's judgment. Yeah, I think that's such a huge part of it. Like you say, judgment. I mean, we love judging ourselves. We're scared yeah. of other people's judgment. We're terrified but... of it, aren't we? <laughs> and so we're like, oh, can't, can't be too weird. Can't be too weird. Whereas I'm like, okay, I've just turned 40. People know I'm weird, so I'm just going to be weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best way to be. Better to exactly. be weird than boring, I always say. Exactly. And I also think at this point that as far as I'm concerned, I'm just a mix of all those things. And this is just a part of me. But if you if you get to know all of me, you'll see that, oh, maybe it's not that. I mean, even my dad, who does not understand what I do, he's still very respectful of it because he knows I help people and he knows that I make people feel better in some way even if he doesn't really understand how he says oh Anna he says if it works for you then that's great you know and I I really love that because I don't want him to have the same experience as me I don't want to push him to believe what I believe and he doesn't want me to believe what he believes we just all have our own individual paths but you know ultimately it comes down to love to me so if it feels loving and it feels supportive it feels comforting even if it feels daunting that thing that you know you need to do that you really don't want to do that's your guidance that's that's your angels if it's fearful if it tells you that you're worthless that you can't do it that you're not enough that you know who do you think you are that's your fear that's your mind that is always going to be that judging nagging voice but your angels are never going to do that yeah I love that that way of putting it it's so so true something people need to be aware of because we get so caught up in the the other voice yeah and that's the other thing is that if you understand there is a difference between those voices then you don't have to be worried about what you might hear because actually if it's loving and supportive then isn't it going to be something that you want to listen to yeah absolutely definitely so I always ask everyone this question who comes on the show and as you said you just turned 40 so in your 40 years what is the greatest stress or loss you personally have had to overcome oh my goodness um if there was a particular incident I would say it was the loss of my health first of all and the life I thought I was going to have. Yeah. yeah. And that happened around the time I was 14. When I had the surgery that I mentioned earlier, um, I didn't want the surgery, which didn't help because as a teenager, who wants to be told that you're not going to be able to walk for several weeks? You're probably going to learn to walk again and you won't be able to go to school. You won't be able to see your friend. You know, who wants to be told that really? And as far as I was concerned, yes, my mobility was declining, but I couldn't look at what they were telling me, which was if you don't have this surgery, you're going to be confined to a wheelchair by the time you're 30 years old. Because at 14, I had no context for that. But at the same time, when someone tells you that, you do feel like you're backed into a corner. Because yeah. it's like, you're, you're, me and my parents were certainly not going to kind of just go, oh, well, never mind, you know, we'll just do it. And, you know, and so um, when I had the surgery and they said I was going to feel a lot freer, that I was going to feel more independent, um, that I was going to be able to have more flexibility, which in some ways I did, you know, if I hadn't had that surgery, I would definitely have been probably not mobile at all at this point. But what happened was at that 
in that moment, in fact, at the very moment that I had the surgery, I knew my life had, had, had changed and that it probably wouldn't be the same. I didn't really understand that at the time, but, um, I woke up from bone surgery. They, they broke both my femur bones, which I knew that they were going to do. Um, but because of that, unbeknownst to me, they given me an epidural. So, um, I couldn't feel my legs, which when you're not told that <laughs> is a pretty scary thing. Cause I was oh, like, so mean, I mean, yeah. And at anyone. 40, I mean, I was just terrified. I was just terrified. Um, but also what happened was my, because of that. And also I think because I had a massive reaction to whatever was going on in my body, which was a combination of anesthetic, epi- epidural painkillers, whatever else was going on my whole body shook and I was in massive shock and I just kept saying can't you see me shaking can't you see me shaking it's that internal shock and my whole body was just oh it's just I just was in so much stress and so much distress um and then of course after recovering from that surgery um I had more surgery because that's what was planned and it just was really um, my immune system crashed I went to school for like two days before I became ill and the cycle would just repeat and repeat and repeat to the point where everyone thought I was school phobic because by Wednesday I would end up in the medical room with some sort of illness and um yeah my whole life so not only my health just completely crashed but every sort of dream that I had of one being more mobile and having more of a life than I did I lost it all I I had was in severe pain I um got sick all the time at my worst I could hardly move out of bed I didn't have any contact with my friends apart from my sister and a couple of her good friends I had no social life I couldn't even think about going to university or anything like that and so even though I always knew I was different to others you know my disability had already made me feel that way and now I was just made to feel like you know I could pretty much have no life and and I remember screaming at the top of my lungs one day my mum was helping me in the bath which even for me with a disability as a teenager you don't really expect your mum to have to help you in the bath and I was in so much pain and I just remember screaming to her just going why did I just I'd rather be in a wheelchair than this you know I'd rather just be confined to a wheelchair because at least I actually had a life you know and the loss of that was just huge and still something that I think about a lot you know what would my life have been like you know if I hadn't gone through that and of course I don't regret it now because I'm here and I have an amazing life in lots of ways but those turning points which literally change the course of your life and and for me the loss of my health also meant the loss of you know in lots of ways choices and as a teenager right up until I was about 24 25 I I didn't feel like I had a lot of choices so yeah that was big loss which really lasted for over 10 years yeah Yeah. and it is it's a huge like you say I always say in the podcast that loss can come in so many different forms and a lot of people can think of it just as grief or loss of a loved one but there's loss of so many different, you know, aspects of life. And for you, that mobility, that different freedom in your life. Is and I away. think, I think it's now when I look at it, you know, even it had been, even if it had been my mobility, I, you know, I'd lost my mobility because I didn't have the surgery or because life didn't turn out the way, you know, I don't have you know, a huge amount of mobility. Now I, I walk with crutches and I sometimes use a wheelchair. So it wasn't so much that it was more that this sort of dream had been given to me and these hopes had been given to me and they kind of got ripped away. And then on top of that, I was so sick that I felt like all of my other dreams had been taken away as well. And you know, in, in my own process, particularly in the last couple of years, I would say, as I've kind of grown into myself, I've gained so much and I wouldn't change a thing. But there is also that part of me is like, I grieve the, lo- I grieve the life that I thought I was going to have 
as a, you know, 20, 30 year old woman that I haven't had at all. Am I, am I sad about the life I've had? No, I'm not. But, you know, for sure, it's not been easy. And I would probably have say that, you know, I wouldn't ever change who I am because I love who I am. But if somebody gave me like a magic wand and said, you know, I I can give you more mobility or the chance to kind of live your 30s again, would you do it? I'd say, yeah, I would. I would because I did lose so much of that kind of prime of my life. And I now at 40, I feel like I'm just starting really <laughs> so, which is great but you know that 40 is the new 30 as they say I always say that to you I always say that to you though don't I it's like don't worry because you know it goes in the blink of an eye but yeah I would say that I still probably deal with some of that sometimes if I'm having a bad day I think that that grief for what I could have had pops up sometimes yeah what would you say then is on the flip side of that, the reversal, the swap perspective, what's the greatest thing that this whole disability has shown you, either within yourself or oh, within life? Yeah, love, really. Yeah, love. And the people in my life, I have the greatest, uh, you know, apart from, I mean, the angels, really. I mean, the love that I described to you in, in that experience when I first connected with them is still one of the most profound things I've experienced. But over and over again, as you know, um, when you connect with someone and you connect with their angels and you share a message that, that means something, it, I will never, ever take that for granted. And I feel it every time and I won't ever not be in awe of it. So to me, that's the greatest thing. And also just the love that I've felt from people and the incredible people that, that I've met because you get to go really deep with people, you know, not just as clients, but just because I've done some beautiful things and and had conversations with people, you know, just really randomly, but magically that, you know, are the right things or that you get to share a really deep moment with someone when they're struggling or even when they're in deep joy I would never you know as much as I have I would never want the pain I would also never exchange that because of the deep joy and the love that I felt so yeah I kind of feel I don't know about you but when you have something that's so deeply painful you also have the other side of it because you know what it feels like so when you feel something really beautiful and really good you go like wow that is so amazing and your heart has the capacity to hold both doesn't it yeah I completely agree with that I think it's like as hard as it is because your capacity for pain obviously goes up to a threshold you never thought was possible equally your capacity for love also goes up on the other side so it's quite a mixed emotion it does and I and I I, like I said I don't think uh, as a as a deeply feeling deeply sensitive person I don't think I would exchange that and sometimes it does make life really hard and it does mean that you know I have experienced lots of anxiety and lots of stress and lots of pain um but Oh, just sometimes that moment, even if it lasts for five minutes or you've had the most beautiful day, I just think, oh, that's just what I live for, you know? So uh, yeah, you can't really put a price on any of that. So uh, the love, yeah, the love and the joy. I love that. From your experience of all that then and everything you're still, you know, you still deal with and go through every day, Mm -hmm. what would you say is your sort of words of wisdom or inspiration to someone who is dealing with either a disability or an illness that they might either just found out or you know just suddenly had to come to this new reality what would you what would you say in that situation oh my goodness I will say that um I'm only saying this probably because it's something that I have to practice every day and something that's probably been you know, the greatest thing and the greatest difficulty at the same time is to be self-kind, you know, and I'm, I'm going to say kind rather than self-love. I used to say self-love a lot and I still say self-love. It's still loving. But sometimes when we hear self-love, it can feel a bit trite and it can also feel like there's this huge mountain that we've got to climb and then we're supposed to think we're perfect human beings and that everything's going to be great and then we just love ourselves. But you know, as a daily practice, 
when my body is not feeling great or I'm not able to run across the road like my friend or, you know, I haven't had the experiences. It's like I just have to go, you know what, how can I actually be kind to myself in that moment? And sometimes that is doing something simple, like I need a glass of water, actually, because I haven't drank anything and I'm really cranky. Or, oh, how would I, how would I speak to my best friend about this? I don't know about you, but uh, my, a couple of my friends and I have this thing where we actually made a, 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 an agreement that if we heard each other go, ah, I'm so this and I can't do it and, oh, this is awful and why am I not this, is that we would just turn around to them and say, would you say that to me? And clearly they wouldn't because they don't talk like to me like that. And they're really kind and really loving. And so I try to have more of that voice come in and recognize that I am a human being, which means I am going to have moments that are fearful and stressful and angry and sad and that's okay. I don't have to be perfect because as a divine being, I already am. Yeah, I love that. So I don't have to try to strive for even this perfection of what we think of as self-love because in the moment, if I'm being kinder to myself, then I'm doing the best I can. Yeah, I love that. I think yeah self-kindness I think is a really great expression like you say and changing that slightly because I mean I love the the you know the term the term that you know kindness is the greatest change agent mm-hmm. for humanity but we always forget that term for ourselves mm-hmm. we look out yeah for sure. <laughs> and everyone and everyone that listens to your podcast and everyone I work with the key thing is is that they're pretty good at being there for everyone else right that you know we're really good givers we're really helpful people we feel like we want to be of service and and we we want to do the best that we can but you know we give ourselves pretty hard time trying to do that sometimes or we don't even consider our own needs so the greatest gift that me having challenges in my body has given me is that sometimes I literally have to just be like okay this is how it is I can't do a whole lot today or I'm not very capable of that today or it doesn't I don't feel like I'm got a lot of energy or something's you know okay well that's I'm just going to have to come to a place where that's what it is today and the the other tip to say would be the thing that I've practiced a lot is in this moment in this moment I am okay if I think too much in the future of what it's going to be like tomorrow or next week or you know what it's like in another 10 years time that will freak me out but if I'm here in this moment even if I have this pain or even when I'm having a bad day, it's actually all okay. Yeah, I love that. It's so true. So I always ask everyone on the podcast this question as well. I'm very interested to know your answer because you're so connected to you know, everything we talked about, the divine. So what does spirituality personally mean to you? Same answer, love. <laughs> Same answer. I will always say that because um, it to me, whatever spirituality um or religion or whatever practice you have whatever that to me uh, we're all coming back to the same thing you know we might connect with a particular being we might call it a certain thing but that love is the love that's ever present for all of us um and sometimes I think we try to make that really complicated when it's not (laughs) (laughs) it's so true the human mind loves and the human mind loves to make it complicated right like oh you know I've done this and then this is this dimension and that that experience and that you know technique and that prayer and I've studied for this long and so I'm more spiritual than you and I believe this and and the, the spiritual ego the spiritual hierarchy is such a big trap isn't it you know that that somehow we are more or less spiritual than each other and the angels always say to me some of us perhaps are more aware that we're spiritual beings because clearly there are some people on the planet that have no idea and are responding from deep fear and deep um, self-centeredness. 
but that doesn't mean that they're not spiritual. They are a spiritual being having a human experience. They've just completely forgotten. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I love that. And it's so true. I love that phrase. And I also, it's so funny because it's like you say that spiritual one-upmanship one that is such a human ego trait. It oh. completely goes against everything. It's not <laughs> It just makes me laugh. <laughs> it just completely makes me laugh when people are like that. Or they'll say, you know, my favourite one, I'm just going to make you laugh now, is my friend and I always say, you know, when people say, I am Archangel Metatron or whatever they want to say, or, you know, I am this incarnate. And like, oh, great. Okay, cool. But, you know... To be quite honest, even if you do have this deeply wise, beautiful, loving energy, usually you want to let that speak to it for itself. You want to actually go, this is who I am and you can like my energy or share it. But you don't usually, usually the masters don't need to tell you that they're a master right (laughs) so you know have you ever noticed that that the most beautiful people that you've ever met just are yeah here I I am yeah and and they just share from their 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 truth and they don't try to make someone else wrong or or that it be better and you know we don't need to if you're happy and you feel centered and at peace you don't need to make someone else wrong. You don't need to try to convince anyone of anything. I'm, I always say that to people when you were talking about, you know, what if people are skeptical and they don't understand? You know, it's not my job to convince anyone of anything. And actually, as much as I have had the experiences I've had, and I can honestly say that they feel very profound and true for me, you know, I, I've, I'm not de- dead. I haven't had, you know, 100% proof of what all of this means. But I can share what I feel um, so deeply about without making somebody else, you know, uh, less than me or or wrong, because that's what creates the problems in the world, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what's one quote or mantra that you like to live by daily that sort of inspires you or keeps you going? I I honestly would say for me, because my mind is always, you know, likes to likes to play a trick on me is um, that I am enough. You know, I I am enough as I am, because whatever I do sometimes may not feel that way, you know, or we may feel like we have a list of 100 things that we haven't done. And, and going back to my own journey, I think is that you know, there are still plenty of things that I could say I missed out on or I haven't experienced or, you know, there is a big chunk of my life where I could be regretful or resentful. But actually, why? Because who I am is me and that's what makes me me. And so therefore I'm enough. I don't have to add to that experience or or feel like I, you know, should be a different version of me. To, to be worthy or beautiful or, or 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 just alive quite frankly so I wish more of us could really feel that you know the angels always say if, if we could really see ourselves just for a second how they see us we would never doubt ourselves ever again yeah I love that That's... because because the truth is so beyond you know, all the things that we think we should be doing, uh, because most of the things we think we should be doing is quite often because we see success in a certain way or even happiness or even love, you know, oh, I'll do this and I'll feel more of this or I'll experience that and then I'll get it and somehow I'll, you know, I'll have made it or, you know, especially in the world that we live in with social media, it's like even the followers or, you know, how many people we work with. You know, if I never saw any more clients again, if you'd never done any more podcasts, if we stopped our work tomorrow, does that, make us less worthy or less successful or less happy in in any shape or form and certainly not in the in the eyes of the divine right we would just be like wow what a life we lived and and how loved we were and how many people we did touch it has nothing to do with all the stuff that we think it does right and I'm sure that your dad and your sister would say the same Right. In fact, I think they have a couple of times, you know, like it it just we can do all these things because we feel 
guided towards them and because they bring us a a sense of joy and because we feel like that is a way that we want to share but we don't have to define ourselves by all of that you know it's it's not to do with that at all and yet we can enjoy our lives while we're here and be super grateful that we get to have conversations like this you know (laughs) moving away from that human measurement of success exactly (laughs) like still saying that this I am human so I'm going to do human things and I'm going to really appreciate them without kind of uh defining our value by them yeah yeah so what's one book that's changed your life my goodness I have to say um recently I absolutely have loved Untamed by Glennon Doyle and it wasn't necessarily life-changing in that most of it was reminders for me but what I absolutely loved about it was how validating it was as a sensitive woman that there are so many other people, including her, who has had a huge amount of stress and anxiety and depression and all sorts of human experiences. Of like, yeah, wow, we can actually be really amazing, powerful, loving, kind women and say yes to the dreams that we have, you know, that we don't have to be in sacrifice and we don't have to make it about everyone else. And we're already pretty good at that. So how about making it about ourselves as well? So yeah, that book was so beautifully written. She, she writes in a really um, relatable way because she's so truthful and all the chapters are very easy to read. It's something that I've, gone back to even now not I don't tend to read books from cover to cover I'm kind of an you know a a page turner at wherever it comes but I read all of that book very quickly and now I just skip in and out of it and it's always so relevant whatever I read so I think I'm going to be recommending that book for a long time yeah I love Glendale I haven't read that book yet oh you'll absolutely love it you'll absolutely love it yeah so speaking of books, you have just written a book and it's out now, which is so exciting. Congratulations. So, ah, I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> what, so tell people a little bit about that. You know, what is the message of your book and how did you come to sort of write that exact message? The, the book is called Messages of Grace um, because they are um, messages that I've often shared actually on my Facebook or Instagram that are short notes. The, the, the subtitle is um, 111 Notes of Love and Guidance from Your Angels. So some of them are a couple of pages long. Some of them are literally two or three sentences long. And I wanted to write it for a long time, really, because there are so many messages that I've had that I've written that have helped me and that I've shared and then people have responded to. And when lockdown happened several months ago I was like you know I think it's time I think it's time to share that and um so I've written all these messages some new and some that I've had for a long time and they've become uh, like an oracle so you can you can read the book from front to back if you want to but I personally feel like you're not going to get the most out of the book that way because really the book is meant to be a guide and a way for you to connect to your angels and to that guidance that we've just spoken about so you can either close your eyes and ask your angels for a message for that moment or that day open the book and see what the message is for you or you could even think of a number from one to 111 and go, okay, 28 is going to share me, share that message with me. So I love that because that's the kind of reader I am. So I wanted to make it that way. And also because the angels wanted to share their messages, um, in a way that it would make it accessible for so many people. Because like you said, so many are like, I really want to feel, I really want to feel more connected, but I don't know what they're saying to me and I don't have the answer and I wish I knew what they were saying. Well, you now know what they're saying because it's in the book. So I really have had some really beautiful responses from it where people have said, oh, it's just exactly the message that I've needed to hear in that moment. And they didn't have any idea why they chose that number, but it was the right one. So I'm so excited about it. And it's got a journal page for each 
message as well. So if you feel like you're receiving guidance in that moment or you have your own thoughts, you can also write it in there. That was amazing. I can't, I can't wait to actually get my copy. I need to need to today. So yeah, it's uh, super exciting. And where can people where can people buy from Slovenia? So uh, on Amazon. So you can go to my website actually, anagracetaylor.com forward slash messages of grace, or you can just go straight to Amazon. Uh, wherever you are so the UK the US Canada Europe wherever you are and um yeah you can you can even order the ebook as well so if you're someone that would rather not have the physical copy although I have to say I I would recommend having the physical copy because it's an oracle but if you are someone that likes to just have the ebook you can also use it as an oracle I've just sometimes scrolled you know through the messages and wherever you stop scrolling is the message for you so yeah I'm I'm so excited about it yeah and Amazon wherever you live you can buy it amazing and if people want to know more about your work they can find you on Facebook and Instagram as well as your website can't they just that's right yeah I'm on Facebook and Instagram every day as you know Alice and I share a weekly angel reading video on a Monday so I do um cards for the week there's a really lovely overview of the angels messages and then I also every day from Tuesday to Friday do a daily angel message as well and I'm probably going to start to uh, use my book a little bit in those messages as well so not just a card but you know reading from from the book each day so I'm really really excited to do that and yeah I, I love social media so if you want to come and say hello just always send me a message or let me know that you listen to the podcast I would love that. Well thank you so much for coming on today Anna it's been so wonderful to talk to you I always love hearing your insights about everything you know spiritual and divine but also your own challenges that you face and how you come overcome them I just find it really inspiring so thank you so much oh thank you so much Alice and it's my pleasure to share with you I hope you enjoyed today's episode with the wonderful Anna If you did enjoy the episode, then please click subscribe and download all the episodes so I can continue to bring you more amazing guests like her from all over the world and help bring you some calm through your own stresses and struggles. Stay tuned.